You are listening to the Bills Blitzkrieg Podcast, brought to you by the Bills Blitzkrieg Network. Thank you for joining us in the Bills Blitzkrieg Podcast number 17. It's summertime, and that means peak shenanigans season. we got bikini-clad women, unsolicited dick pics, and outrageous NFL and food debates making the rounds across social media. Uh, but I think we need to uh, have a little liquid delights before we start off on this conversation. So, Fred, what you drinking today? I'm drinking my staple raspberry lime uh, seltzer, and uh, but I was out on the boat today, and I had uh, and don't laugh at me for this. I had Michelob cucumber lime. What what you call it? They were pretty good. I don't, I don't know the the proper name for the drink. I had three of them. They were pretty tasty with the turkey burger I had. Jesus Christ, oh my God. Domest- liberal <laughs> AF out on the boat. Yeah, domesticated. <laughs> Turn some sort of vegan. <laughs> I don't think vegans eat. I don't think vegans eat turkey, Jake. Needless oh. to say, there, <laughs> Good point. there wasn't any bikini-clad women really, uh, but there were a lot of unsolic- unsolicited dick pics. So nice. Um, I didn't get any. Yeah. Well, you know, my mother's not too happy with me. Oh, that's too bad. Anywho, what are you <laughs> drinking there, Jackson? Uh, Jake, you go ahead. What do you got for us today, pal? You go ahead. Well, I, I got some plans. I got to get out into the car around nine o'clock today, so I'm not having any alcohol. You know, public safety and all that. So wow, good for I'm you. also having a seltzer. You know, it's a big dud party over here with some seltzers. It's the we, ruby red grapefruit. Ooh, I like that flavor. We doing that nine? Doing the chub grub? Ah, uh, you know, it's a. <laughs> uh, I picked up a little DoorDash, and so I'm gonna. Oh. Go do some DoorDash runs from nine to twelve. Try to make yeah, a dash. quick hundred bucks. There you go. Yeah. There you go. We'll, we'll, Rip some off quickies. the good people of Western New York. <laughs> Is there like a, a secret black market to DoorDash where there's like you know secret hand jobs on the side? Like how do they order it up, Jake? If someone wants a a hand job from you, how do they request it to the app? Put it in the in the comments. I've, I've never tried. Leave it in the Leave a review. <laughs> extra sloppy. I was thinking. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I, I just started doing it. It's all about trying to take as many deliveries as you possibly can in as short of a distance as you possibly can, I think is like the trick. Yeah, dude. And you know, yeah. yeah. So let's yeah. let's inquire about this a little more. What do you do on your off time there in uh the old car when you don't have any uh deliveries to do, or is it pretty steady or Well, I mean, there's always Fortana's. the hand job game, like Fred said. Sure. <laughs> Works so, on that's a different business. App. Keep it it's not. So, <laughs> it's not. I'm not ready to go full into the hand job game yet. It takes real commitment. You need a lot of a uh, cardiorespiratory conditioning that I don't quite have. No, okay. A lot of muscular conditioning that you know I'm not quite prepared for. Yeah. So you know, it's just uh, listen to Bill's podcast, tweeting people. So if that you helps. see me tweeting at like ten o'clock at night, you know I just don't have any deliveries. So order some Grubhub so I can make some money, guys. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was DoorDash. Oh shit! Yeah, no, don't order DoorDash. <laughs> I get them mixed. Everything's Grubhub. I'm getting old. I just call everything Grubhub. Yeah. Yelling at the clouds. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know. <laughs> but um, you know, I am being lame and drinking seltzer. But I did want to do a shout out. Last Thursday, we went out. I have a good friend, a friend of the lady and ours. She really loves Rusty Nickel out there in West Seneca. So we stopped out there with her, and um, they've come quite a far away since uh. They really opened up. I know they've been uh, somewhat inconsistent with their beers over the years, but I, w- I was blown away. I mean, they've always had one of the best locations there, and it was always nice to go out there and sit, and they've always had a nice pilsner. But just the last time I was there, I got there, not your grandfather's cream ale, delicious, crisp, light. Um, they gave me a little sample of this raspberry chocolate stout, and it was delicious and just had a couple samples of everything there, and everything was great. Um, I was really impressed with Rusty Nickel. Um, so I wanted to take my beverage check to shout them out. You know, I think they're, they've really come a long way and I think they're going on to their sixth year now. So it's kind of hitting that wheelhouse and, um, I'll, I'll be making my way back there quite often. I believe this Beautiful. summer, but, uh, Zach, what, what you sipping on? Uh, tonight I'm taking her a little easy, you know, we've got the scary Sundays going on. It's seven o'clock here in upstate New York and, uh, really all of New York. Um, so I'm just, uh, drinking some blue lights and a little, little alcoholic beverage, here to kind of wind down the weekend and get ready for a new work week. Um, yeah, not much to say about Labatt Blue Light. If you've drank it, you you know it. It's beer. It's beer, and you drink it, and it's crisp and refreshing, and um, doesn't add any mass to my already bulging gut that I have from enjoying you know super heavy IPAs over the last five years that 
just seem to really pack on the pounds. So I've been going in a little lighter direction. I've been drinking some a, of those sel- hard but, seltzers lately myself. Um, not too many heavy oh, beers. Yeah, I know. It's a, Y'all get soft, yeah. man. A startling, startling realization for me today when I went out swimming. Yeah. Had to take my shirt off in front of people. Yep. I was like, I don't know about this, dude. I got life preservers on the sides of my hips. Yeah. I'm floating. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, dad, dad bods yeah. are in, but uh, beer gut, dad bod, I think there is a slight difference. Um, I don't know what that difference would be, but yeah, it's tough out there for guys like us. <laughs> It's it's still it's still in vogue. It's really it's always been in vogue, right? There's the fashionable weight, the healthy weight. That's like the the old Italian phrase. Oh, you need some healthy weight on you. You know, once you get old enough, you want to show your prominence. You want to show that you can feed your family. You want to show that you can feed yourself, so you can feed your family. Yeah, I feel like Women all three that. of us are. It reflects upon that. That's just <laughs> those those big guts are just that's power. That's all just mass and power. Yes. Exactly. It's it's your it's your trunk, right? They call it your trunk, and all your power originates from your trunk. So you want to have a good amount of mass to drive through sure. all of that. Yes. You take that mass and you drive it forward. So the more you have, the better. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to start throwing myself into trees, getting fired up. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so I'm drinking some Blue Light um, straight out of western New York. And I'm going to use that as a uh, segue to get to our regular um, food talk segment. I decided to go this week with, um, Jake named it, I think it's kind of fitting, Upstate Plates. Um, So we're going to do some profiles of different regional New York foods. Um, And I'm going to go ahead and start with Western New York. And uh, Jake and I were talking before we hit the record button here tonight. Um, I really thought that you couldn't just label um, these uh, regional food delicacies as Western New York, as we know that culminates um rochester and buffalo and there's really too much to go over between the two so i kind of segmented them into two different parts so let's go ahead and start with our um quote-unquote home city of buffalo and the obvious are uh, the buffalo wing and beef on weck Um, i don't think anybody that listens to this podcast will need any clarification for the buffalo wing or beef on weck beef on weck is just simply um like a roast beef um generally hot roast beef on a weck roll and i'm not entirely sure what the weck roll is i know it's soft it's like kind of salty uh jake can you add, add any more to that yeah it's just salt on top of like a regular kaiser roll that's from my take from it that's all the ones i've ever had yeah and they get like that little um coarse sea salt i think it's probably coarse sea salt it's a very simple dish delicious so no, it'd be nice and straightforward it's just some beef a little au jus. Don't, don't forget, you got to have the au jus. Yeah. If you're just having the roast beef, it seems a little... Yeah. It's got to be wild. soggy. Yep. So, un, unappealingly soggy. Yep. Beef on whack. And I've had some with like a I, like a creamy horseradish sauce too. That can be very, very nice. It kind of cuts through all that fatty, like beefy... Yeah. You know, I, I'm not the biggest lover of the beef on whack. I know it's a Western New York staple, but... It is. It's very. It's just a very basic dish. It feels like it needs some some cheddar cheese, like a like an Arby's. Is that blasphemous <laughs> oh, to Jesus. say? Yes, it is. <laughs> I want a good old beef and cheddar. Yeah. <laughs> there was some cheddar cheese on there. Yeah. We're, uh, <laughs> it's and it's kind of dry, depending, you know, because like they warm up the roast beef. It's not like in all. Usually, it's like this already cooked, then sliced, and then reheated roast beef. <laughs> well, so then it's like all dry. I think you're generalizing here. Um, I think we can be a little more specific than that. It probably really depends on where you go. And um, being the only Buffalo resident um, in this here uh, audio podcast, uh, do you have any insight into some great wing spots? Because obviously just about every sports bar or even bar restaurant, doesn't matter where you go in Buffalo, they probably have Buffalo wings on the menu, but um, not all Buffalo wings are alike so i don't know if you have any insight for maybe your favorite joints obviously we know um the popular ones duffs um what else is there well see i've been living here for four years and i have to make the confession i still haven't been to duffs and i still haven't i went to anchor bar like 12 years oh, ago when i was a kid. anchor bar yeah that's well, the other one anchor bars you know it's the one-time thing you go there you see all the motorcycles on the wall the wings are mediocre and you call it a day um <laughs> Duffs, I haven't. I, I still gotta go do it. I mean, I live right, probably about half a mile off Elmwood. So usually when we go out, it's going to the bar. We're gonna get some beers. Try to get something in walking distance. Um, right from here in walking distance, I really like Mister Good Bar. 
right on Elmwood at the corner of Elmwood and Forest. Um, delicious wings. Sunday, they're $6 for 10 wings. Always cooked up nice and crispy, juicy, big, fat jumbo wings. Um, variety of different sauces. We, me and the lady let go in there. And then there's also the Gypsy Parlor right down there on Grand Street. A lot of great dishes, a variety of great dishes. They do their wings well. Um, wouldn't necessarily go in there to get the wings. They do a lot of unique and um, their pastelitos are delightful as well. And they do all sorts of different dishes. Um, and then, of course, Gabriel's Gate is the internet consensus number one. Um, they also do great juicy crispy wings. Although I guess I'm, I'm told you have to order them crispy, which is a, a negative notch in my post because you shouldn't have to order your wings crispy. I agree. It should already be assumed that they're going to be crispy and juicy, right? I agree. So usually that's what I go for. I go for it and I go get the medium or hot wing, depending on how hot it is that day outside because I don't want to be dripping sweat at the bar. So if it's if it's cold out, I'll get hot wings. If it's a little hot out, I'll get medium wings. And that's what I base my measurement on. And just get them as is. If they're not crispy and juicy, I think that should be a given, especially in Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. But I say good bar and gypsy parlor are probably my two favorite spots, mainly because it's close and they also do a good job. You know, I have unpopular opinions on wings that will start fights, but to me, chicken wings are chicken wings. Sorry, buffalo wings are buffalo wings. Uh, to to argue who's better at hitting the five minute timer on their deep fryer. Um, <laughs> It's oh kind God. of ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you this get some good too. wings. And so, yeah, it depends on you know what Renzi's distrib- distribution place you're actually buying your wings from, I'm sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, showing a North Country <laughs> heritage here. Well, I think I, sauces make a big difference, too. Sauces do make a big deal. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm a big fan of just your classic uh, Frank's Red Hot-based hot sauce. Um, you know, my, I, I've tell lots of people this, my top three favorite foods are chicken wings with, uh, blue cheese, chicken wings with ranch and chicken wings. Oh, you're, you're, you're ranch dipper. If I have to, I tell people this all the time. If they're out of, if they're out of blue cheese, I'll dip ranch. I'm not afraid. Summon the horde. Go and get them. I I generally, I I try not to dip my wings too much, you know, unless it's like a really, some places, Again, the Gypsy Parlor, they'll make their own homemade blue yeah. cheese. Ooh, nice. has that real chunky yeah. stuff. You get the big yeah. chunks. Yeah. Now, but if it's just a regular dressing, I try to eat as many as I can until my mouth's on fire. Yep. And then I use it as just a, a coolant, you know. But Right. You know, we could we could add uh, another uh, metric to the rubric of grading the wings. This is what my dad does. is He refuses to eat places that have wings that they don't also serve celery and carrots with the wings. Hmm. You have to have both of them. Okay. Otherwise, Why do you have to have both of them? What's the reasoning? Like, Deal breaker. I don't know. He's old fashioned, but I like. I mean, I can get behind the celery. I like the carrots, celery. The celery can be not a, nice a deal refresher. breaker for me. Straight up, won't order if they don't have it. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh yeah. I don't ever eat it. I just, you know, unless I'm really, really hungry, and it's only like if you go to a shitty place, it only gives you six wings. I'll eat it and mm-hmm. just dip it in this, you know, the blue cheese. But that just usually ends up going in the trash. To me, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I don't eat vegetables. I eat, I, I eat every garnish that's put on my plate: lemon wedge, kale, whatever. Yeah. This nice, yeah, even the kale. All yeah. right, so we know where we all stand on uh, the old Buffalo Wing. Um, we'll move uh, a little further east into Rochester, New York, where um, they do have some staples, but I think the number one um, is obviously the garbage plate, which is um, it's kind of a lot of foods piled onto one, but it's quite the menagerie of uh, different, like basically somebody was probably wasted at a cookout. They piled a bunch of shit <laughs> on a styrofoam plate that was uh, on the on the teetering edge of snapping in in half. Um, but yeah, you got your usually the first layers like home fries or French fries, um, mac salad on there, and then you choose from hot dogs or hamburgers or one of each, and then some meat sauce, some um, chopped white onion. And then some ketchup and mustard. And I'll tell you what, I've eaten a lot of garbage plates in my day, and I am a huge fan. Love the garbage plate. It's a, it's audacious. It's ridiculous. It is. It so should never have existed. I don't know who first decided that they were going to sell it, but I'm so glad they did. It's, it is fucking great, yeah. man. I don't know. I mean, is that something you could really boil down to getting, like, premium premium ingredients? Like, premium, uh, was it macaroni salad? Get some real good macaroni salad, real good home fries. Yeah, I'm sure. The, I don't, the best, best broth I'm sure ever had places really, you know, they probably try to get the best um, of each singular ingredient, you know, 
really mm-hmm. dialed in to what they consider the best and probably consider original. You know, I'm sure they're not just going to the grocery store and picking up, um, you know, your grocery store brand uh, macaroni salad and uh, tossing it on there. Any place worth a damn, in my opinion, anyway, isn't doing that. I mean, mac, mac salad's like four ingredients, so, you know, try try a little harder if you're doing that kind of thing out there. Um, <laughs> Do that. Yeah, and I uh, I don't, I think Nick Tahoe in Rochester, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I know, I've heard they have a great plate. I really can't say, because um, I haven't been out that way in years, but I went to, uh, did a brief stint at um, Monroe Community College, and me and my old buddy there, um, he used to go to Big Deals right on Monroe Ave in Rochester and they made a pretty awesome plate. So I would just, you know, make a little, little Friday, Friday night tradition going there and getting a, uh, getting a plate and oh, yeah. two liter orange crush and just, uh, sitting down and watching, <laughs> watching probably some football or, you know, I think college basketball was on at that time. So, you know, we'd really, really making a nice sober night out of it. It's kind of, uh, that's decadence. Yeah. Yeah. It was cut. Kind of, I can't even 18 years old. You can't drink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a great night. It was a special thing between the two of us. Is, is Big Deals the home of the original garbage plate? I know there's... No. I drove by it. I, oh, no, yeah. they're just kind of some sleazy what? pizza place that also does garbage <laughs> plates. Okay. But it's 10 bucks and you get enough food for the next three days kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Yep. If it lasted. Take all the leftovers. <laughs> right on. All right. So um, we've covered Rochester um, in a very minimal sense, but I feel like garbage plates was probably, you know, the one most worth mentioning. I guess there's Weagles. Weagles is a good dog. I want to give a little uh, honorary mention, honorable mention to him. Yeah. Had one the other day. Big, thick one. It was the Texas Snapper, I think it was called. Texas Popper, Texas Snapper. Everything is bigger Delicious in Texas, dog. I will say. The tire fire state, right? Yes, yes. sir. Yes, sir. All right. So we will uh, move a little further east into central New York, and we will cover um, Syracuse, New York. Where um, Hoffman Hot Dogs, I don't think we need to touch a lot on these. We've uh, covered them, I don't remember which food segment, um, but we've covered them in the past. Uh, They're a great hot dog coming out of Syracuse, New York. They have uh, a couple different varieties. I know they have the German Frank, which is mostly pork and beef. And then they have the Snappy Griller, my personal favorite, which is uh, veal, pork, and egg white, I believe. You know, I want to challenge the... The crown that we gave to Hoffman's, because now after I had those Weagles, it was a damn good dog. It was a fat dog. It was juicy, too. Yeah. I don't like a fat hot dog, personally. It took a little bit on the grill. took a little bit. But then, like, the skin pops on. Jake likes some fat dogs, right? Oh, yeah. Juicier chodes. The juicier, (laughs) the chodier, the better. All right, moving on. Um, So, (laughs) Syracuse, um, they're also known for one of my absolute favorite being the uh, red-blooded Irishman that I am, uh, one of my favorite preparations of the potato is the salt potato. And this shouldn't need any clarification, but I've met people out there that are say, what's a salt potato? And it's... No, you, you do. You need to explain... Because I don't think it's even made its way out to Western New York. It is very much a central New York yeah. thing. Syracuse area up to maybe Watertown. Yeah. And it's not really well. I mean, I know we grew up with it, growing up in the North Country. Oh yeah, because you'd have to cook out the house. Mom was in there making salt, like the giant vat of salt potatoes. And you go to the state fair, buy the salt, or any like now, local. For, for church anyone fair. who doesn't know, what you want to do is you want to first uh, get a ten pound bag of salt and till it into the land, <laughs> and then plant your potatoes Ooh. in that. They'll do fine. <laughs> They'll do fine. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. I think if it's if, not, if you have a well, um, your drinking water might be a little, a little on the salty side oh. if you do that. But I'm not against it. <laughs> um, but Jake, you were you were talking. You're giving me a little history lesson. Um, I thought I knew everything there was to know about the salt potato in the Syracuse region in general. <laughs> um, so why don't you give us a little history on kind of how the salt potato came to fruition, and if you can, um, if you can manage, if you can kind of remember what you were talking about earlier. Yeah. yeah. Sourced from a uh, from an article in the Atlantic. I'm sorry, I don't remember who wrote it. The Atlantic. Um, They're covering salt potatoes the in the Atlantic. Atlantic? Wow, they are. big deal. <laughs> it was some dude on the food the food beat. Okay, um, but uh, apparently, so Syracuse back in the 18th century was the only producer for all of uh, the United States. Uh, however many colonies it was at the time, 13 to 20 or whatever. Uh, there was the only producers of salt for the whole United States. So, and it originated from the salt springs of the United 
there was salt springs coming off of the Oneida Lake, and they would extract the salt from the water. So normally if you wanted the longer, coarser grains, they would just leave it out to evaporate. But if you wanted a nice, finer salt for a table salt or um, something similar, you needed to boil it off. So there was a lot of Irish immigrants in the Syracuse region at the time, so they'd come and bring their potatoes for lunch, and just there was a, already a big old bat, a vat of boiling salt water, so they just throw their potatoes in there, and they made super salty, crusty potatoes and it kind of just turned into a north country peasant dish at that point just like kind of a simple straightforward something for something for everybody and it was delicious nice and salty and i mean yeah. it's salt and potatoes what else do you need to know i love salt potatoes you just drown them in butter but i mean can't go wrong so yeah. what you're trying to say is that some fine people were trying to buy table salt and it could have been tainted with potato that's right yes there's oh, little chunks of potato in there I mean, are you gonna complain yeah. no it's well before the fda Get the health inspector involved. <laughs> yeah. All right. So they were just poor Irish immigrants. You know, they just wanted a, a quick lunch. Just, you know, they hucked it into the big old vat, pulled them out with our, no, no. Probably reached right in there with their own hands. Who knows? Yeah. OSHA wasn't around either. So God, God bless them <laughs> is what I say. Um, but yeah, salt potatoes are great. I'm a little sad to hear that um, they haven't quite made their way out to Western New York. Maybe they're a little hard to find elsewhere. Um kind of beyond the central New York to upstate New York area. I uh, I lived up in Plattsburgh, and honestly, I don't even remember seeing them up there. They very well could have been, um, but I was living up there solo, so it's not like I'm going to go get a big old bag of salt potatoes for myself. You know, you can you, it's just something you can make right at home, get some iodized salt or uh, sea salt or really whatever, pour a bunch in a pot and when, get some uh, like small fingerling I, potatoes, throw them in, and they'll be good. I did a lot of time volunteering for the AUSA for... Uh, stuff with the soldiers here on Fort Drum. Um, and it'd be funny, I'd always be serving burgers and salt potatoes, and no one would be taking the salt potatoes for like the first half of the day. And then it's like the second half of the day, like one guy will get it, and all of a sudden you get bum-rushed by everyone else because like they realize that salt potatoes are like the most delicious thing in the freaking world. Yeah, they're awesome. And so, <laughs> right. When they first, is this a salt potato? Yuck, I don't want that. And then like one brave guy tries it, and they're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> well, the key is you got to dunk it into the butter. Or butter, I don't know, if you yeah. want to be fancier, you can like cut them in half on your plate and do a little ladle in there. But really, you just get a big old bowl of butter, and you just mash it, it dripping yeah. down your hand yep yeah. yep throw a little yep. pep mm-hmm. throw a little butter. pepper on there to balance everything out and you got yourself... get some corn on the cob going oh on. yeah a little cook <laughs> now i'm ready to have a cookout. you guys want to take off work tomorrow <laughs> i'd yeah. love to um but all right we'll move on from syracuse and we'll stay right in the central new york region um utica is next on the list they have uh, a few um food staples as well uh first up on the list is going to be chicken riggies um, that's, there's really nothing super special about them other than it's a Utica staple and they are delicious. Um, <clears throat> generally what it is, uh, and I worked for a restaurant as a line cook that, uh, where the owner, uh, was from Utica originally. So we had these on the menu as well as Utica greens. I'll kind of talk uh, both about a little, or a little both about those. Um, the chicken riggies, uh, it's a rigatoni pasta, vodka sauce, um, you got uh, green bell pepper, onion, and the thing that really kicked it up a notch was cherry peppers. It's like a spicier, almost kind of like a banana pepper. Um, so that was kind of the way he did it. I know there's a variety of different ways to make them, but that's kind of generally uh, how they're prepared. And then Utica greens, um, I believe is, geez, I mean, you can do, the greens are generally like, almost like a collard green. Like you can, I've used uh, Swiss chard mostly um and it's bacon onion um breadcrumb um kind of like a more savory type of green dish so those are both those are pretty good and then to round off utica they have the tomato pie which i hope uh, no utica list no uh utica people are listening to this podcast because i'm about to trash on the tomato pie because i don't see the hype just do it um so what the tomato pie is from my understanding is uh, Sicilian style crust, so it's a pretty thick and doughy crust, and then you slop some tomato sauce on there, some pizza sauce, um, pretty generous helping at that, and then you just sprinkle on some Parmesan cheese, and they call it a day, I guess. And yeah, I think they cook the bread first, then put the sauce yeah. on, and then put the and then kind of throw it back in the oven the for like is it cooked with the probably sauce probably for on? like five minutes, five ten minutes in the oven, maybe. Yeah, yeah. that's outrageous. Just say you don't have enough money for cheese. 
it's like cold pizza cheese. that the cheese fell off. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got to say about toma- oh. tomato pie. I've had it. I've had the legit stuff. Not for me. I mean, like, if, you know, if it's just like a quick dinner at home, you know, you don't have enough. You just need to put a little sauce on your bread and get it down your gullet. But, I mean, are they, like, charging good money for this out in Utica? Do you have to I'm pay sure like they $10? Are. A... You know, I could see it at, like, a KOA pool party birthday, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to go out of my way to eat it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, I'm I'm saying, I'm not going to turn my nose up at it because if I had, like, 10 bucks to bank account and I had some pizza dough in the fridge and some sauce in the fridge, I mean, I'm going to just eat it and it's going to... But, I mean, I guess people are out there turning this into a delicacy, I think. That's a little concerning to me. Yeah. Just, you know, just pay the extra 50 cents for some mozzarella. It's just one of those things, probably, that's been around for forever and it continues and I'm sure there's a couple places that do it great. But, um, yeah, just not for me. No, no. No, thank you. All right. Um, so we'll move on from Utica. Pretty standard stuff there. Um, all really good stuff other than that stupid tomato pie. Chicken riggies, Utica greens are both great dishes. Um, really, obviously, come from um, Italian immigrants that probably settled there. And uh, that just kind of became their dish. And we'll move on to, um, we'll cover this one pretty quickly again, Binghamton, um, kind of downstate New York, not capital region, obviously, but they're right down there on the border of Pennsylvania. Um, they got speedies. That's their big thing. Um, speedies are just a marinated chicken, um, I think grilled up. Uh, I think they usually will put it on some sort of, you know, white roll, like a, like a hoagie roll or something a little smaller than that. I don't know if there's any other sauce or cheese or other accoutrements that go on the Speedy. Uh, well, the Speedy is, is a marinade. It's like Chiavetta's for the Western New Yorkers. I'd say it might rival Chiavetta's, but um, I grew up with Speedy, so it's a little bit more um, more tender, more, a little bit more favorable. You know, what you grow up with, you like a little bit more. It's like people with this buffalo pizza. Oh, absolutely. If you lived in... But anyways, yeah, it's just like a, it's a marinated chicken. You cook it over, um, over a barbecue, nice, low and slow, and then they shred it up and put it on a roll. Or they'll even do like a Speedy's chicken barbecues for like, a, especially if you're down there by the Binghamton area, they'll do Speedy's chicken barbecues. But it's just, a, it's a really nice, uh, savory, zippy, uh, vinegar-based marinade, more or less. Yeah. Good stuff. I'd, I'd eat the shit out of it. Can't complain. Um, but again, that was pretty simple. We'll move on from Binghamton into our last and what I would consider the best region. Um, maybe I'm a little biased on this, but we got Northern New York. Um, and then we here kind of consider Northern New York, anything that is above Syracuse, um, kind of a really, really big region. Um, 21st district, if you're counting for, uh, in politics, political, um, realm. Um, but the first one I'll cover uh, from the Champlain Valley region, my old uh, college stomping grounds from SUNY Plattsburgh, is the Michigan hot dog. Um, and this is kind of one of those, this place is the best, no, that place is the best. Um, but generally what it is, it is a hot dog, obviously. And different places use uh, different kinds of, do- kinds of dogs. I think most of them use a uh, pork-based hot dog rather than, you know, beef beef-based. It just wouldn't go well with the other stuff on it. Um, so you got your pork, uh, pork based hot dog, then you have some sort of meat sauce, like a bolognese sauce. Um, generally then you have, uh, just fresh chopped white onion and some mustard, just a little squirty yellow mustard. And I, I loved them when, when I was up there, they're nothing special. I don't know why they call them a Michigan. I think we have talked about these before, but they're, they're pretty great. Yeah. You can get it. We had a hot dog special. Oh, that's right. That's where all this is coming from. I tried not to include so many hot dogs because, you know, there are so many New York regional hot dogs. It's kind of crazy. I'm not a hot dog guy. Like, I'll eat them, but I don't. I don't. What are you? They're not my go-to. Yeah. I hear you. Are you communist? Are you coming out as communist? I'm a bird kind of guy. I like like my birds. See, I I think I'd take a hot dog over a hamburger nine times out of ten. Really? Yep. Get a a fist fight. I mean, obviously, you got the, the steaks and the pulled porks. Which are like the more refined, but yeah, if I had to choose between hot dogs or hamburgers, I'd pick hamburgers too, Rick. I guess I can't call you too much of a commie. I would pick yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Both <laughs> places. Just wrap it up together. Yeah. Yep. Get some. I'll, I'll just comfortably say most places don't have a sandwich and hot dog menu. All right. Right. So it's that's very true. Um, mm-hmm. that's a strong argument. 
I have no retort. <laughs> so we've got the Michigan. It's uh, it's a Plattsburgh staple and kind of the whole Champlain Valley region staple here in upstate New York. And then I had to save the absolute best for last. Um, oh boy, something that is near and dear to my heart. Lots I of people be really pissed if you don't pick my favorite. Thing. Lots of people don't like it. Um, Krogan <laughs> bologna. I'm about a stone's throw away. From... You son of a bitch! <laughs> I'm a stone's throw away from uh, Krogan, New York. It's a little little hamlet out here in Lewis County, um, where I currently reside. And uh, I really don't know how to explain Krogan bologna. It's not like you're you go to the grocery store and you get some Oscar Mayer Wonder Bar bologna. It's nothing like that. It's more savory. It's, um, it's probably just. Uh, it's like a summer sausage. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't know why that didn't come to me. Certain type of summer sausage. Yeah, it's like a summer sausage, but it's uh, it's famous up here in um, the, again, Lewis County area and kind of beyond. It's made its way into Jefferson County. I don't know if I've seen it beyond there, uh, but it's great with a little Ritz cracker, a little uh, Cabot Seriously Sharp Cheddar Cheese. Um, oh, it makes for a nice little I'm my pants right now. What yeah. is it? I've never got an answer. What don't is ask, dude. Yeah. You don't ask what's in it's, the meat. It's lips, feet, and assholes, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Good enough. Grind it up. It's, it's delicious. Better, it's better if someone, like, cuts it up on a paper plate with, like, a pocket knife that they didn't clean first. Absolutely. That's like 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's why, yeah. I mean, I had it so many times at, like, hunting camp. Uh, we we take it out on the boat when we'd go fish up at like Bonaparte. Same same knife. You just gutted a deer's asshole. Oh and yeah, just cut up yep. the, the Krogan bologna. Yeah, yep. yeah, Get some Krogan bologna, India, and we got our uh, our again upstate New York staple Drex subs. They even do a Krogan bologna sub, which is just I think yes. it's fantastic. Yes, mind blowing. Can I uh, can I throw in a uh, um, an honorable mention? Oh, absolutely. For me, just so Please I go feel ahead. good. Please do. Uh, you know. Um, this became a favorite of mine back when I was living in, uh, you know, Copenhagen. Um, we got the deep fried cheese curd. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Oh man. Well, cheese curd is a local, uh, delectable treat here. If anyone doesn't know what that is, it's, uh, the curds from when they separate the curds and whey from cheese. Eat that up. But someone decided to bread it and deep fry it like a madman. And it's, uh. Delicious. Yeah, it's like a it's like a really nice like salty mozzarella stick that's a little more it's got almost got more pull if you can imagine than like a mozzarella stick. Um, but yeah, we I used to work which I've mentioned before at the uh, Flashback Brewing Company out in Watertown, and that was one of our biggest sellers was our um, beer batter deep fried cheese curd with a chipotle raspberry yes. sauce. People lost their minds over it. I never understood it, but I kind of understood it because it was damn good. It's delicious. Um, and the uh, the squeakier, the better, I will say, with um, not necessarily deep fried cheese curd, but just kind of cheese curd in general. And I want to give a hot tip to any listeners out there who, uh, who they, if their cheese curd has been de-squeaked. Um, if you are at home, one thing you can do, toss in the microwave for 15 minutes, or yeah, 15 minutes, 15 <laughs> seconds. Um, but if you're out in the woods, you brought some uh, cheese curd with you out on a, on a fishing trip or just kind of a walk in the woods, throw that some bitch on a hot day on the hood of your car for about, give it 10 minutes maybe, that'll squeak right back up on you. So you're, you're welcome, hmm. everybody. You, wow. you can't enjoy them if they don't squeak your teeth. No, they got to squeak. They got to squeak. So, um, yeah, that rounds out our um, food segment for today's podcast. I know it was pretty lengthy this time, but we uh, we had to do our due diligence and kind of give special mention to um, everywhere kind of above New York City, except for Albany, because who cares about the capital region? <laughs> Not me. Hell no. Bunch of liberals. <laughs> do, do nothing Democrats and such. But a Twitter appreciation. Um, I want to take a moment to do a public service announcement for social media. You know, in the year is 2021. I think we have been a civilized people for the better part of what? 3,000, 5, 8, I don't know. How long, when did we first have civilization? 8,000 years ago? But we've been civilized human beings for a hell of a long time. And, you know, it's, a, it's summertime. So the women are showing a little bit more because it's hot and you don't want to be wearing turtlenecks in the summer, right? Of course. But apparently, if women post a picture in this attire, which shows a little bit more skin, 
this gives uh, gives young men, old men, middle-aged men, they feel like they have the license to send their penile members into their direct messages, private messages. And I, I, I don't get it. Well, I mean, I guess I do get it, right? This goes back to ancient Greece, uh, Diogenes. You guys ever heard of Diogenes? <laughs> nope, sure haven't. Um, He's to paint his dick on jars. And <laughs> <mail> <laughs> yeah, right, no. but um, well, he used to just whip it out into the the public square because um, it was part of his philosophy: maximize pleasure, minimize pain. So you should just masturbate whenever you want to. Um, hedonists, hedonists. He's a, a nihilistic hedonist, but um, you know. But I thought that we've grown a little bit, and you know, I think just unsolicited dick pics are a good way to reduce the amount of scantily clad women on the internet. If you guys just, if you're only concerned about self-preservation and, um, you know, don't do it. I don't know. What do you guys think? I just, it, it boggles my mind. And I, I'm pretty sure it is a, uh, at least a misdemeanor crime to do so. But regardless. Yeah. I would say, yeah, definitely stop wearing bikinis. You can <laughs> Don't say that. Well, I mean, don't we want <laughs> more bikinis? Don't we want more Jake, bikinis you on social a media? can of worms with this topic. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, well, is you know, it a straight shot from a woman wearing her bikini at the beach to just receiving unsolicited dick pics? She just gets it from like uh, some unknown number. It's like, who's How? Apparently, right? Yeah, I don't know. You're out at the beach suntanning and just some guy, some creepy stalker weirdo. I don't so know. That's, uh, I mean, this uh, like, that's a big thing with, I don't know if you fellows are keen on airdrop. But basically, it's it's if you have an iPhone nice. and your Bluetooth is turned on and somebody else's Bluetooth is turned on, you can just you don't have to have their cell phone number. You can just airdrop pictures pictures of your junk to people. They do have to accept nice. the airdrop. Um, I think before they even see the picture, but it's it's very much a thing. I mean, That's crazy. I, I can't believe guys think this is going to work though, because no one really wants to see your dick without any pretense no. right i mean it's not a it's not an attractive body part unless and i think this is all very obvious information it's not good and you shouldn't do it if <laughs> but why though it's so it's so prominent it's like i don't like we've definitely descended from apes because we're just whipping out our, our dicks whenever we see a pretty lady i don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah I've, have you guys ever felt a compulsion to just whip it out and send a picture to No, dude, to I don't women? do DoorDash. No. Uh, how many times have I told you? <laughs> don't. I think uh, I think if, if you're sending out unsolicited dick pics, and this is my public service mount, give some professional help, and this isn't being pithy. Like, really, if you're if you're sending your dick to people that you don't know on the internet, you're you're struggling, bud. You you really you gotta talk to somebody. My advice would just but be to send it to a friend. Send it to one. Of, send it to one of your boys. Just say, "Hey, I need to get this out of my system before I, you know, ruin my chances with this person I don't know." Um, and just yes, if if any of my friends are out there listening to this and they're having some sort of impulse like that, send, fire it right away to me. I'm gonna say, "Good job, buddy." Um, you know, you controlled that impulse. I may never talk to you again, but uh, yeah, that, that might that might be a safe safer route than um, sending it to some lady. I actually send them to random women, so I don't send them to you, Zach, because I really want to send them to you. Oh, that's kind of the they're kind thing. of the reverse of what I was getting at, but yeah, it's the reverse well, cowgirl. Yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> Zach, do you want to send out your phone number so anyone with a compulsive dick pic problem can send them to you? Yeah, I think oh, I, got, I got it right here for you, buddy. It's three one five. <laughs> I will not be giving out my phone number on this medium, but uh, my uh, Instagram handle is Zach, Z-A-C-H, two underscores, Jack, J-A-C-K. Just, you know, hit me up anytime. Flaccid hard. Send them your dick pics, everybody. Yep, let's get them. Let's see them. We'll, uh, we'll post them right on our Twitter for the uh, the whole world to see. Yeah. And eventually our, but, our uh, unless, band. Yeah. Let's do a fantasy draft yeah. of dick pics. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Don. Yeah, but everyone has to put their name on it, though. There's no anonymous dick pics here. You have to let us know whose it is, and we're going to rate you. Very, uh, <laughs> you know, length, girth, curvature. Yep. I have a strategy for this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. But uh, a less gratuitous Twitter appreciation post. We got a – I asked a question, right? Um, I put it on the – which is at Bill's Bliss Creek. If you guys aren't following us, follow us on Twitter. Um, I, but I ask is, would you sacrifice another 20 years of the Sabres being the absolute worst team in the NHL if during that time period the Bills would win one Super Bowl? Just one Super Bowl. 
And conditioned upon this as the conversation went along is inevitably the team would be moved out of Buffalo because they're the worst team in the league. They'd have to sell it. Everybody stopped supporting him. Uh, overwhelmingly, everyone said yes. So I think we know which way the Buffalo fandom leads. It's to the Buffalo Bills. I do in a heartbeat. Um, same. I mean, I'm not, we're not really big hockey fans. I don't watch many hockey matches. That's, I try. That's because the Sabres aren't good. You need to eat more cheese curds. <laughs> and that was the point a lot of people made, too. Is like, well, they've already been the worst. <laughs> they've already been awful for 20 years. Why not? Let's do another 20 years. At least the Bills will win one. <laughs> I think I'm scared of you. <laughs> Here's another 20. Yeah, I mean, that's, and then that's a great a, point. Yeah, right? It's like, why not? <laughs> They're going to suck anyways. Might as well make a deal with the devil to get something out of it. You know, um, There was also a lot of uh, responses like, well, it doesn't work that way. It's like, yeah, no shit, dude. It's a hypothetical. Leave me alone. You know what I hear um, when people uh, kind of talk like that? <laughs> no shit, buddy. Yeah. Have, I'm trying to have fun over here. Yeah. You know? It's like, don't want to take everything so seriously. That's what we're trying to do. What else you got in the old Twitter appreciation column there, Preza? Yeah, so I, I took some responses from, from that post and uh, took a couple of the best ones. So from at Poppy Delight. She's great, like, great but handle. No. So this, great yes, handle. Is. Yes, it is. Um, Dan, but no. So this was one of the few Sabre supporters. Call her selfish, but she wants both of her teams to be on top. Well, that, Let's go Buffalo, go Bills. That go is very team. selfish, Poppy Delight, and you should be ashamed of yourself. There right. can only be one. We have we have the devil himself offering us a, a free Super Bowl. All I have to do is sacrifice the Sabres, and you know, you're just not going to give them up. <laughs> uh, Bones1389, at Bones1389, he said, I love the Sabres, Mets, and my alma mater, Florida State Seminoles, but he would set them all on fire and toss their ashes in the ocean for the Bills to win just one Super Bowl in his lifetime. So Great attitude. Um, and that was the general consensus about of about 80% of the people responding. Um our good friend at TJDMCR, which I he responds to us all the time. We talk back and forth. I have no idea what your name means, dude. You got to tell me what your name means. But anyways, he said they could get Muda out of Buffalo for a ring, right? You know, it's the Sabres could. And then um, someone, AK444, he said he would sacrifice the Sabres and the Bills. I'm not sure what he's sacrificing in both four. I was a little confused by that. Um, sacrificing them for people to use the, the canal for uh, Get distribution out of here. again. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of odd. Make Buffalo wealthy again? I don't know. But, um, yeah, what, what would you would you guys sacrifice the Sabres for the Buffalo Bills? Oh, yeah, like I said, in, in a heartbeat. I mean, again, I'm, I'm much more loyal to the Bills. I've been paying more close attention to them since I've been a fan. And I would say my fandom has, uh, you know, probably been, for the last 10 years of both teams, um, I didn't watch much hockey before then. Didn't watch a ton of NFL before then either. My dad was a giant, or kind of was and still is, I guess, a Giants fan if he even is a fan. Um, so I guess before then, I really had no opinion. Um, but yeah, Buffalo Bills all the way. Which team causes the most greenhouse gas emissions? Because that's how I'm going to decide Ooh. which one I would. I would say probably the Sabres. You know they they have so yep they uh game. they have more games per season and a longer season at that than Buffalo Bills. You know NFL only has a seventeen uh, seventeen week regular season and what four week uh, preseason. Um, if you consider travel time, um, and it's three week preseason now. Three week, okay, yeah. that's right. Um, so yeah, probably the Sabers. So burn in hell, Buffalo Sabers. Yeah, and they they got to keep that rink cool. So that's yeah, probably yeah. I don't know what you do. You could use all sorts of electronic things to keep it cool that's i can't believe they haven't figured out like not cold ice like like plastic ice or something like why is that not a thing yet you couldn't re you couldn't resurface it yeah you couldn't resurface it Mm. yeah but i mean hockey is a very traditional sport i think people would be pissed if you try to use anything other than ice i'm a traditional kind of sport (laughs) (laughs) well like i know uh, a lot of people were pissed when the bills did turf you know even though it's easier to maintain, it saves them money and whatever and so forth, and it's more durable. In the long run, it definitely saves them money. And then, you know, it's not muddy during those rainy, windy um, October nights. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's something I'd say, I'm a bit of a traditionalist in football too, there's something about just a muddy, gritty game of football that 
you kind of mess out with the modern game with all the domes and the turf and yeah. all the all modern the wet dudes covered in mud. And at the end of the day, against each other. we all know that people just love having something to bitch about. True. True. Like uh, the Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen debate. You know it's the offseason because we're talking about this. So, um, Yeah, this has been a hot debate between the Ravens fans and the, the Bills fans. And I'm not sure. I think it started with Chris Sims. Um, quarterback rankings because he put Josh Allen as number two and Lamar Jackson was like fourth or fifth or something. So that pissed off a bunch of Ravens fans. And it's um, digressed into this very rhetorical argument about, oh, well, Stephon Diggs has made Josh Allen who he is. He would have sucked without Stephon Diggs. And um, for the sake of nuance, all the Bills fans are coming and saying, oh, Lamar Jackson's a shitty thrower. And it's just been kind of that back and forth during this, you know, on football Twitter during the off season. Um, but I, I mean, I got some opinions on that, but I don't know if you thought too much about where you'd rank those two. Both 2018 draft picks, Lamar Jackson was 31st to yeah. the Ravens. Josh Allen famously was the Bills traded up to get him at number seven, um, and it's been kind of a discussion since they came in, especially with Lamar Jackson. With that whole quarterback class, has been a discussion of. Who has elevated themselves? Um, we had Baker, Baker Mayfield as well, with um, Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. But uh, clearly, the the top two are Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. And I don't know, I like to hear what you'd say first. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, I think at the end of the day, you have to look at touchdowns. Who's scoring more? Um, Lamar Jackson has 68 career touchdowns. I think Josh Allen was somewhere around like 66 or 67. Um, somewhere in there, I can't really remember. Yeah, it was 67. Um, I'm on uh, profootballreference.com uh, just looking at these stats right now. Um, so at the end of the day, you want points on the board. Um, I don't think it really matters how you get them. But obviously, um, and I even, I'm even i taking a little, bit, a little bit of this from you, Jake, um, in our show notes, um, these players are utilized in totally different ways. I don't think it's it, – it's we're just doing off-season BS right now. Um, so I don't know if it's even fair to compare the two. Um, but they're both utilized in different ways. Obviously, um, Josh is a passer, so he needs great weapons um, down the field. Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, um, John, uh, was John Brown, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he can't really be utilized in his long-running game. We're not going to send uh, Josh Allen downfield with the football. At least we haven't last year um, because Brian Dayball decided to smarten up a little bit and uh, not use him for uh, running plays like they would a Lamar Jackson. Obviously, there's been the tired but accurate um, comparison f- uh, of Jackson to Michael Vick, um, both very strong uh, coming through the backfield, breaking through that line and uh, scoring points that way. But I don't know. It just – it's a comparison. It's kind of an apple, apples and oranges thing. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, if you're just going by stats, um, yeah, Lamar Jackson is not a great passer. Josh Allen is kind of worked his way up to be a proficient passer. And, of course, again, he does have those weapons downfield. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just used in completely different ways. So I'll let you continue on yeah. from there. Yeah. It's very difficult to compare Lamar. Ja- I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan for him as a player, a good character guy. really exciting to watch in the football field too. Well, one of the non bills players I'd say is one of my, uh, one of the more likable, one of the guys I like a lot more, but this is, it is very difficult. Just like Michael Vick was really hard to compare to his, um, contemporaries, um, Lamar Jackson, very similarly, is, is very hard to compare. I, I like the Michael Vick comparison to Lamar Jackson because they are both the only quarterbacks to rush for over 1,000 yards. Lamar Jackson has been even better. He's done it in back-to-back seasons. Uh, Lamar Jackson, as well, is a more efficient and a more efficient passer than Michael Vick. Uh, Michael Vick was had the propensity for a lot of interceptions. Lamar Jackson has had He's never had more than 10 interceptions on a season. Um and he's had over 25 touchdowns, so he's not a bad passer. He struggles. He doesn't – Josh Allen has established himself into being able to throw those tight window throws, those sideline throws, those small margin for error throws. 
that's not what Lamar Jackson does, but that's okay. That doesn't make him necessarily a worse quarterback because absolutely, what he does as a rusher just opens up the whole football field for him to just pick them apart. You can't do a too high safety look with Lamar Jackson. You have to dedicate a safety. Or if you have a linebacker fast and quick enough, if you're one of the very few teams, you can dedicate a spy. But what you can see when you're watching him is that there's always that threat for him to run. He's getting six yards of carry. There's always that threat from them, and you have to pull your defense in to compensate for it, and then he just throws over the top. Middle field over the top of him, over the top of those safeties, and it gets him a lot of touchdowns. Very efficiently when he's throwing, he's getting it good chunk, good chunks of yards. I believe it's uh, – I don't want to have to pull it up. I think it's around 10 yards per attempt. So, I mean, he's a very good quarterback. Um, it's, it's just hard. I didn't even put them side by side right now. If you look at the statistics, it is almost parallel. Josh has more – Passing yards, particularly because of this last season, but Lamar Jackson um, exceeds him in rushing yards. I think total yards earned for each of them is very similar. Yeah. Total touchdowns, very similar. Um, it's kind of a fun debate when it's approached in the right way. Uh, I, I hope people can just kind of get away from the rhetorical stuff because we're looking at two generational talents that are going to be going face-to-face for a long period of time. Uh, and that's the thing. Really I, I think we almost have to play the waiting game with this, you know. Um, any quarterback can really fall off from year to year. Uh, could happen with Jackson this year. Could happen with Allen this year. We all hope it doesn't here in uh, Bill's Blitzkrieg Nation. But it's very possible, um, and it has a lot to do with who's around you. So, yeah, I think we might have to wait this one out to make you know fair assessments. But, at, yeah, again, at the end of the day, they're um, just two totally different quarterbacks used, utilized in two totally different ways. Yeah, I'd say maybe trying to have – Trying to approach this objectively, which is hard because obviously I'm a, I'm a big Bills fan. I think I would still rather have Josh Allen because of the longevity that you're going to have with his style of play. Absolutely. When you have – even – I know he has that style of run that protects his body. He has that style where he doesn't take direct hits. He slides when appropriate. But just putting that much that, – that amount of carries every year is just going to take its toll. Um, and I, I don't hope for it. Like I said, I like Lamar Jackson as a guy and as a player, but – um, I, I can't imagine he's going to have as long of a career as Josh Allen. Uh, and I don't think he's going to be able to develop into that pocket passer that you'll see like a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers playing into – Drew Brees playing into the age 40 season. Um, whereas Josh Allen, I think he's just going to keep getting better as a passer. And uh, you can kind of rely on that. Where There's going to be that regression point for Lamar Jackson once he kind of loses that step. Whenever that's going to be age 29, 30, 32 season, there's going to be that major regression and uh, I don't think he's going to be as effective for whoever he's playing with at the time, if it's the Ravens or whoever else, whereas Josh Allen might be even peaking when he's 33, 34. Absolutely. And um, <clears throat> I really don't know if there's much more that can be said on the topic. No? Uh, I think we can wrap. Any concluding thoughts, guys? Um, Fred, you've been awfully quiet over there. You got anything for us, pal? Oh, you know, I was just thinking about things. Uh... You know, I did have a question for uh, you guys. Actually, I, I was kind of surprised we didn't cover this. Uh, what's uh, what's your say on that Carl Nassib fellow mm. from uh, the L.A. Raiders? Is that what it is? LA Las Raiders? Vegas, so. Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas. Yeah. Damn, that's yeah, nice. I'm trying to be a guy. He's the, he's the first uh, active NFL. There's that Michael Sam who was drafted. He came out as bisexual before the draft. So about I guess there's some. Uh, um, hairs were threading here, so he's the first active gay, active openly gay player, which is it's a nice, uh, nice glass ceiling to break. Do you call it the glass ceiling, or is that only for feminists? I'm not sure. Whatever, like a good threshold to break over. You know, it's nice when, yeah, especially a very um, macho sport like football. You know, at least he can be open, he can express himself. And I know a lot of people um, in the LGBTQ community were really happy to see him do it, and especially a. Some NFL fans, the LGBTQ community, would like to have someone that they can identify right. with. To me, it, I, I want. It's whatever. I wonder how if being like openly gay would affect your career coming up. Like, would it have been a detriment to him to come out sooner than he did? I, I did. I did like his comment where he was like, he wishes at some point in the future that coming outs weren't like it would just be weird to have them because they're unnecessary. Right. Or however he phrased it, but like, that's like a nice thought. But like, I mean, honestly, like if he would have came out, you know, maybe five six years ago, how would that have affected his career now? Yeah, 
is an interesting hypothetical to think about. Yeah, because, I mean... I, I'd like to think it would do nothing. The social climate, even five years ago, was far different than it was, is today. Um, so it very well could have. I would hate to see it affect his career, um, coming out as a gay man and um, professional football player. Uh, Let's be honest, he'd probably kick all three of our asses. In one oh, he's a beast. Like, he's yeah. a beast. And yeah. honestly, there's, there's a lot worse things that happen... Um, in the NFL realm, as far as crime and all that kind of stuff goes, um, mm-hmm. sexual assault, domestic abuse, you know, the list goes on. I would hope that being an openly gay person would be at the very bottom of the list for um, things that would affect your career going forward yeah. with everything that's Good happened point. in the last, you know, last 20 years and even even before then. Yeah, I mean, on that note, we were getting tight on time, but I guess I'll throw the, Frank Clark has been arrested once again, the uh, defensive lineman for the Chiefs. Uh, he was yeah. found – he had an Uzi. They found an Uzi in a duffel bag in the backseat of his car. Um, and I guess this is his second firearms offense in the state of California within the past year, uh, as well as he's had um, charges of domestic abuse while he was in college, which were reduced to disorderly conduct. And, um, yeah, I don't <laughs> – Com- comparatively, Uzi, bro. <laughs> yeah, can't. can't we just walk around with Uzi? I mean, personally, I don't care what size firearms people have, but uh, particularly with his prior convictions, um, I don't think he's legally allowed to carry a firearm in general. And what no. they charge him with is unlawfully concealing a firearm because it's an Uzi. And um, firearm laws are very complicated, by the way. I tried to get up to snuff on talking about this, but. It is deep, and I think you need to be an expert on it. Well, it uh, is, especially from state to state, and then you have a whole federal level. But it's really not the size of the gun. It's usually has to do with the rate of fire, which um, the uh, Uzi is a sub is considered a submachine gun, and I believe that's an automatic weapon. So it's federal, state laws, and especially in California, nonetheless, um, not a good look. I don't. Yeah, I think you'll might might and probably will see some time for this. Um, so. That's what I was thinking too. Is he um, maximum? The maximum sentence is a year. I went and found an article from Fansided. There is a oh, lawyer that, that right? writes for them, um, for the Chiefs, and she was saying it's a. She said the there is jail time that could be attached to it. I looked at the code that she cited. It is um, up to one year and a thousand dollars. So, and considering he has another offense just from this year that he probably hasn't had tried in court, um, they're probably going to merge these charges together and. He might see a good year. We'll see. I mean, he's got money, so he can buy a good lawyer, and he can might be able yeah. to find himself a plea. But just imagine how buff he would be after a year. <laughs> I think the NFL. Tra- out on that I think the NFL training program does a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Not even close, dude. Not even. It doesn't measure up uh, to the, the prison fitness program, uh, not the NFL. Either. Yeah, yeah, dude. Just in like the movie deal when he gets out and like wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, the longest yard too. Oh God, Frank Clark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just about. Ah. But no, um, I don't have any concluding thoughts beyond uh, if you've made it this far into this God-blessed podcast, then um, thank you for listening and more power to you. Yeah, hopefully. I'm, I'm going to try to clip this one so we can take down bits and pieces and we'll put it out on the Twitter. Don't take out the part about you giving handies for DoorDash. <laughs> the people need to know. The people need to hear it. I, I do not give out hand jobs for DoorDash. This is an official disclaimer. <laughs> I do right, not Jake. represent. Opinions are my air own. Air quotes. Why do you do air quotes when you said that? All opinions are my own. I don't know what it is. <laughs> All right, Jake, you got any concluding thoughts for us, buddy? No, I'll, I'll leave it on Frank Clark. I uh, I think that's just going to suck for the Chiefs. I, I can't see him playing much of this year. So that's a real uh, pun intended, a real shot in the leg to the Chiefs organization. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's almost it's a, kind of a bad. I'm, I don't want to see guys get arrested for. Their firearms, but um, it's yeah, makes don't it. don't be stupid, stupid is kind of yeah the saying for that. I don't know why you're carrying around an Uzi in your backseat, but I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Right. It's, it makes the the road to the Super Bowl much easier for the Bills, at least. I'll say that. God bless America. <laughs> it was a plant. <laughs> Josh, I don't do the Uzi in there. <laughs> hey, now this is how rumors get started. <laughs> All right. Well, all right. Okay. Off, Jackson. 
Well, that's all we got for you. Bill's Mafia Cretans, Bill's Blitzkrieg Nation. Um, we're glad to come at you with another episode of the Bill's Blitzkrieg Podcast. We are at number 17, and we will hope to see you again soon. Uh, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter, at Bill's Blitzkrieg. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Um, if you have any feedback for um, this episode or any past episodes, please leave it. We always want to hear it. Uh, visit our website at BillsBlitzKrieg.com. Um, we haven't had an article up in a little while, um, but reading kind of sucks anyway, so why would you want to do that? You can just <laughs> listen to us drone on for an hour about stupid shit. Um, and if you provide us some good material to read on air, we'll make sure to shout you out in the future. Um, and until next time, go Bills. <laughs>